Airing from the No Sponsorship Studios, this is Buddy Walk with Jesus, where real life and the kingdom of God connect. Now, your hosts, Joe and Edgar. Father God, I thank you for the opportunity to be in your presence and to really get the full understanding of who you are at this moment, what you choose to reveal to us. Father, you desire your children to know you. You desire us to pursue you. Do you desire to engage with us, Father? And for whatever limited ability we have, we want that to its fullest. We want to know you in the entirety of the moment you have for us, in the full capacity you have for us, Father. And we ask, if we can, for even more. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, guys. What is up? Welcome back to another episode of Buddy Walk with Jesus. As always, as we get started, we want you guys to know two very important things that you are prayed for and that you are loved deeply. Um, As always, all the links for all the things can be found at BuddyWalkWithJesus.com. If you are in need of prayer, prayer at BuddyWalkWithJesus.com. We are just an email away. So going into this next episode of the series, we've been going through the how-to series, right? Breaking it down, going down to the to the, the the bare bones of it all, the basics, if you will. And in a lot of ways, you 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 don't get you know the, these these basics and how you get to these basics and what you do with these basics are very very telling about what you believe about the rest of the stuff, like the other the other the other things that are built upon the basics, right? You know, we can sit here and, you know, honestly, most most Saturday nights, you can find us both on Kingdom on the Road doing uh, doing the whole theologically thinking thing, philosophically thinking thing. We can we can showcase these different aspects of the belief systems that are built upon the bedrock of the foundationals. But this is the stuff that all of that is based upon, that all of that is built upon. And so I'm really interested to to jump into this next episode of how to worship. That word worship elicits a lot of thoughts for a lot of different people, ranging in, in biblical accuracy. Um, you know, is, is step is step one of worship whether or not you should have have uh, guitar. Is step two whether or not you need to know whether or not the uh, you know how to how to hook up a whole a whole soundboard and all of that kind of stuff? No, no, no. Step one is if you think you have turned down your drum kit and you've got a church of less than you know five hundred people, that means that you probably need to turn down your drum kit. That's step one of how to worship. No, I joke. I joke that, but, but, but the point is, is that with this, we have a very interesting dynamic here. A lot of, a lot of times we talk about how the interesting dynamic is the age difference, right? The interesting dynamic here is that if, if any of you guys have been with us for any measure of time, you know, that Edgar has a pretty unique outlook on what is worship. What does it mean to do things unto God? All of that kind of stuff. What does it mean to worship God? All of that. I have been a musician for a lot of years. I sing, I play guitar, I play drums, I do I do a lot of different things and I've done that in the worship scene and I've done that in the bar scene and I've done that in the live performance scene. I've I've played music in in small little dive bars, I've played music in churches and all of that kind of stuff. So so Worship is something defining worship or, or, or discussing worship. That's something that matters to us. Yes. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of little idiosyncrasies that go into what all of that looks like. And so I want to start off before we even get to what most people think of with worship. 
right? Which we'll touch on the music, the, the, you know, all of that kind of stuff, how it fits into a worship service and all that. But even just that word that I just used, some people would call the entire thing a worship service. Some people would call it worship during the service and the, the sermon is the service. So without breaking down the entirety of what a, um, you know, a Sunday morning might look like, or a Saturday might look like for, for those of you that, that, that don't do that don't do Sundays. What, what does this look like? When I say, when, when the Bible tells us that we, that we are to worship God, what happens if there aren't any musical instruments around? What if, what if you don't know the words to any of the songs? Can you still worship? I ask those tongue in cheek because if you go if you go through musical worship and musical worship is the only way to worship, then what happens when you don't have the music part of it? Can you still worship? So let's ask. What is worship, and what all does it entail? No good. Yeah. Oh, that is such a good question, and I would first start off with. And how you pointed, I like your beginning, how people come with different concepts of what worship is. Um, and unfortunately, I know you're a drummer, but there's some people who think if it has a drum, it's of the devil. And what is interesting is I found out that some people believe that if there's musical instruments, it's of the devil. And I'm not thinking yeah. acapella. Well, you're going to find out really how quick and good that church is as far as tone um, but the Bible says in John 4, 24, and I'm going to read it from the living translation, the new living translation for God is spirit. So those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. So that tells us it's got to be authentic. That tells us it's got to be communicating with the Lord. So it's from his capital S spirit to our lowercase spirit. So there is communication, but it's got to be authentic. And I personally believe with drum, without drum, with instruments, without instruments, it can be done. Now, I've had this concept, but now I'm reading a book. I'm going to hold it up anyway. Yeah. Having the mind of Christ. And he actually puts it in a way that I would put it in if I had thought of it. But worship is engaging with God, communicating with him. And it's it's communication with us. There's many different verses on worship. Some of it has to do with what's occurring at the time of worship. And one that I like is Psalm 149.3. Let them praise his name with dancing. Let them sing his praise with timbrel and lyre. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but lyre is like a, a stringed instrument, sort of like a harp thing. Is it, it's not a guitar looking thing, right? No. And no, it's not It's not shaped the same way as a guitar, but it is a string instrument. So, you know, that is interesting of itself, but that there's dancing. Many churches are against dancing of any form, even if it's not what you would consider a sensual dance. There's some churches that are okay with it. They do these ribbon dances and flags and all that stuff. And, it, it, you know, worshiping God is more than just the 30 or 40 minute section of a service. And this book describes it well, but when you read in scripture, it really talks about worship as being an engagement with God. You know, you're worshiping him in stillness. You're worshiping him in um, praise by yourself. And even when I pray, I praise God in the prayer. It just comes out naturally like that. So these are, there's different, I, I'm not sure what the word is, mediums or uh, things you can do. And it's worship. It is basically, who are you putting as the center? Who are you doing the worship for? Now, um, one of the key points that I find interesting is, as a new Christian, you learn about worship and you're concerned about how your singing is do you know the words and all that without really knowing and there's a there's a growing period of time it's really something that's self-seeking meaning that you are trying to get it right 
I don't even know if I would put it self-seeking, but it's you're the focus. But at one point, you just let go and you start singing. And it may be off-key and horrendous to your neighbor, but God is enjoying it. It says he inhabits the praise of his people. But worship itself is about centering on God and engaging with him to, I would put it, delight in him. Because he first loved us, we reciprocate and love him through worship. You hit you hit a thing that really hits home with with me in particular, but with with worship musicians is what it's called, right? The the people that that play in church bands or you know serve and serve on worship teams and all of that kind of stuff. And for those of you that don't know. That's a tra- traveling and doing that ad hoc is is a is a uh, profession. Um, people will go and go and travel and fill in for different for different worship teams and all of that kind of stuff. That's that's a whole thing. Um, actually, a lot of a lot of Christian musicians end up making a making a, a, a living out of, out of that because it's one of the few ways where you can kind of turn playing church music into a job, unless you play for a mega church or or a large enough church that they can you can be a paid member of the worship team um so what what does that look like right the music the music side of it and that that can be a lot of things and i promise you it's not about it goes so far beyond whether or not you should have drums it goes so far beyond whether or not you should have guitar it goes so far beyond whether or not you should just do hymns or this or that that's not that's not the point you know, I used to be repulsed by hymns. I hated them. I hated them. I was so they were so boring. And I was such a like I was such a stereotypical person, like a stereotypical person of the age that they were boring, and I did not like them. And but but give but give me, you know, CCM, the contemporary Christian music. Give me Christian radio and the same. Matthew West or Toby Mac intro that you know you know you can depend on out of his music and all of that kind of stuff. I hate to be a spoiler here, but in case you did not know this, all of your favorite music that doesn't matter. You could be a fan of country, you could be a fan of Christian, you could be a fan of rock and roll, doesn't matter. It comes from a boardroom of people that it boiled it down into an equation. You think I am lying? That is true. Like, that's not me being sarcastic or facetious. It comes from an equation. Joe, can I, can I, can I say even I know that? Right, right. So the, the point being that even, even for the Christian music, it comes from a formula, and that formula has a tendency to have a couple of beats to it. I'm not calling anybody out. I, you guys know that there's one, there's one that I will honestly say that if you ask me, should I listen to their stuff? I'm gonna tell you no because the guy who runs the whole uh, the whole thing spouts off really really bad theology in a very very destructive kind of way, and a lot of their music has a very when you boil it down, it's not biblically accurate. That's just the reality. But outside of that, I don't. I do not begrudge anybody from liking contemporary Christian music. That's again not the point. That's that falls in that same category of whether or not worship music should have the drums and the this and the that. All of that stuff I I want to get off of the table because I want to be able to have a conversation that goes deeper than that. I want to have a conversation about worship, especially the music side of worship. I want to bring that flavor to this conversation. From that standpoint, that goes beyond just squabbling whether or not you should be you should have a specific type of musical instrument attached to it. So, if you like that music, please do not feel as though I am targeting you or I am attacking you for your taste or whatever like that. That's not the point. But we do need to talk about that. We do need to talk about the contemporary Christian music movement and what is happening, what it is doing to the heart of worship in this country. Okay. Okay. I'm going to, this is not my strong suit, the musical arena. So I may lay back a little on here, but I have a question for you. And pretend I'm just a congregate. Mm-hmm. 
and you are the musical leader or part of the musical team, however you would do it. Now, I want you to speak to that there has to be a certain level of skill to be in a praise and worship band in the in the church. It, does there have to be a certain level of skill or will you take anybody who's just had their first three lessons on guitar and just put him in there because so the Lord can grow him and everything. This is this is where I think it's something that a lot of people struggle with. They want to do something and you know it's a question that people may have how do i get involved if i'm not really skilled now they would not put it that way but i think this is something that worship teams struggle with in answering for people who have a sincere desire to do it but are not at the skill level that needs to be it's hard when what you're looking at is part performance and i'm going to be honest i'll call a spade a spade it it's it's when you when you do sunday morning it is partially a performance. And one of the things that you take into consideration is somebody playing off time or is somebody singing off key or whatever going to take somebody out of the moment of worshiping God. For better or for worse. I get it. Dude, that's why I don't that's why I don't do corporate worship anymore is because of trying to trying to reconcile all of that. Yeah. But the re to answer your question, the reality is that it's it's like anything. If yeah. you don't have the skill set for it, then and and you have a desire to do it, then go out and learn the skill. Right. When you can take the time to learn the skill, a it's gonna make you appreciate what you what you're doing that much more because you've taken time to learn it and to get good at it and all of those kinds of things and to hone your craft. But also it's just, it's gonna, it's going to be a better overall experience for mm -hmm. everybody involved. If it's something that you can actually do, because you're also going to find out in the middle of that, whether or not you were called to this thing, you might be able to, you might find it cool to be a musician, but that might not be your, your calling. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm going to actually take this to the level of expertise that I do have in this arena, which is a very small, dark corner. But before I say that, I want everybody to know that playing the piano is not like typing. I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> um, but we do have a picture of scripture where what Joe said is exactly what scripture agrees with. And this is good for anybody who's learning scripture and trying to find out how things correlate. We know that the people who built the tabernacle, they were called craftsmen, especially one was like the master craftsman that was requested by God. And things had to be done in a certain order and they had to be certain detail and they had to be a certain skill set. So that meant that only the best hands at skill craft or craftsmanship, whatever it would be called, would be doing those jobs. It wasn't time for like stick figures, and I'm just using that as an illustration. It wasn't the time for the person who just learned to needlepoint. This was actually the best that Israel had to offer to build the tabernacle where God was going to come meet the people. So we do see that in scripture. And similarly, a worship band is engaging the congregation to go meet the Lord. So. No one should take it personally if they're not accepted into a worship team. They're looking out for you. They're looking out for the Lord's glory, more importantly, and the Lord's honor. And they're helping the congregation because, as Joe said, if you have one, can I use the word squelter? Is that is that a good word? One squelter? I'm a squelter, yeah. by the way, so I can say this. You know, you don't have that happening, especially at an awkward time like, communion or something where they come and they play a solemn piece of music okay joe the rest of the show is on your shoulders <laughs> but you so you hit a nail you hit the nail on the head right that as as part of the worship team we have a responsibility that's that there is a responsibility to guide people through the musical portion of scripture here 
here's the thing, right? I mean, we need to define a couple of a couple of very quick ter- terms, and I'm going to set the table here in rapid fire succession, so that way you understand the rules of engagement of what it is that we are saying and what it is that we are not saying. No, Christian, or no, the only way to worship is not through music. Yes, it is a form of worship. No, there's not any major problems as far as singing worship. That's not the point. Again, we're not painting anything with the same standard brush. We're not trying to do broad strokes here. We're trying to give life to a very, very nuanced situation and a very, very nuanced topic. So that's out of the way. That eliminates a lot of the nonsensical type of things of not being able to get past whether or not there should be two or three music or or, uh, songs, whether or not there should be a full band or just one dude and a guitar, whether or not it should go at the beginning or the end or both. What? Okay, that's that's all periphery stuff that we can have a conversation about. But when you boil it down, the the person at the front uh, at the front singing is is meant to be the person who is drawing people into this experience. For better or for worse, that's the name of the game. And so when you do that, you have a responsibility of leading people into an authentic and catch this accurate time of worship now what is it to, if 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 all if all hands are on if all if all bets are off and you can you can do all sorts of things in worshiping god then what's this whole accuracy thing well this whole accuracy thing is the fact that you you said it that when you worship the accurate thing is that your mind is on god your focus is on god that it's not on you And that's something that a lot of contemporary Christian artists are missing the boat on. I can't speak for past generations. I do know some early 2000s stuff because I was in I was in youth group and all of that that at that point, like late 90s, early 2000s sort of thing. So like I know some of that time of Christian music, but like as far as pop Christian music and like contemporary stuff, I'm not nearly as well versed as you go back in time, I start to lose knowledge base. Oh, I just, I don't know. The 2000, the past, are you considering them the oldies now? Oh my God. I just. Coronary here. (laughs) Well, no, I mean, I'm saying that that's as far back as I remember, but I'm listening to somebody today and they're like in the middle of their sermon, they're like, do you guys remember the Mighty Ducks? I'm like, wait a minute. I'm old enough to have to remember the Mighty Ducks. Thank you for that. I'm out. I'm done. Yeah. You know what I mean? Tip your waitress. I'm gone. Like, okay. but you know, that's that's just you know signs signs of the times. Um, but no, it's so. So my my point is is that it, the further back you go, I I don't know if this has always been a problem, but I can certainly tell you that it is a problem currently. That if you listen to most Christian music, if you are if you are a long-standing Christian, I'm talking about you. You have your discernment muscles worked out a bit. You 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 can you can go into the middle of a firefight and be okay. Then I challenge you to do this, but with the caveat that you're prepared for the response that you're going to get. Pray for sensitivity sensitivity in the spirit in listening to Christian music popular current day christian music and ask yourself what is the focus of this song your eyes will be open and it will be a culture shock because you're going to realize that most things that are on the christian radio today are more self-centered than they are god-centered they're more about god what do you do for me how do you make me feel than worshiping and putting the attention and praise on God. And it's funny, I was just having a conversation with a worship leader just this past week, and and she was saying the exact same thing. So this is being recognized from inside the pulpit, from inside the, the machine. The machine is starting to see the problem here. You know, and I'm not saying that every single contemporary Christian, I'm not, again, no broad strokes, guys. This is not about condemnation. This is about bringing truth and light onto this topic. 
that that we need to be aware of that what what is it that we're singing what is it that what is who is the main character of this song is it me is it what i bring to this is it how this makes me feel is it what god does for me or is it the creator of everything is it mm -hmm. the god of the universe is yeah. it in reverence and respect to him did you want to say something no um well i kind of do for those people who who listen and this is I don't listen to anything really recent, but I'm going off of memory of secular songs that were considered love songs. At one point where you grow in the Lord, you start to say, you know what? These songs are codependent. You know, the person doesn't exist unless the person they love is around them. That doesn't sound like a healthy relationship. But that transfers into what Joe is saying. Who is the emphasis on? And if it's not the Lord, it's going to be um, centered on somebody, whether it's yourself or the people who are, as Joe said, it performing or up there who are making a production of the show about themselves. But I think it's a very interesting point that you did bring up that, that this is um, being recognized. Yeah. Yeah. And there are some songs that are very, very popular. And some, some musicians or some worship leaders or things like that that have mighty, mighty followings. And it's not, it's not popular to speak out against it because they're bringing so many people to the Lord. Oh, I can point to just off the top of my head three or four different people and that's not even trying any kind of hard that we can point to that get that have either visibly fallen or speak some really big nonsensical sort of things from behind the thing that have mighty mighty followings what do we have in common okay we have common the fact that most of these settings make people feel very very good worship can make you feel very very good that's that's not that's not the point the point is, is that if we're so, if we are so focused on achieving the high, getting your fix, because th th take it from somebody that's in marketing, the people that are making the, that are, that have distilled your favorite, your favorite music down to a, a formula want to keep you addicted. That's not being facetious. They keep you addictive or addicted. You keep spending money. You keep buying their music on iTunes. You keep going to the concerts. You keep buying the merchandise. You show up at their events. All of those kinds of things. The more addicted you are, the more that you are going to be turning to them to be your means and your vehicle and your avenue to be able to worship, to be able to engage with God and all of those kinds of things. That's just the reality of the situation, man. So how does a person, pretend I'm a new Christian, mm -hmm. I'm short in the tooth, okay? How do I, how how do I worship? How to worship is the episode title. So how do I worship now? You know, knowing that there's a possible, and you know, if I learn that there's a possible way to do it wrong, I'm all automatically on guard. Oh, look, I don't know what to do. How am I supposed to get through this, God? So what, what words of advice would you have for people like me in my position. So first off, uh, it's it's there's there's one A and one B. I don't know where exactly to put them one and two, but if if it's coming, it it matters that it's coming from a redeemed heart. That sounds churchy. Let me mm -hmm. break that down. We talked about this in the salvation episode. We talked about this in the prayer episode. This is a relationship. This is not. You didn't say the right things. You didn't do the right things. You just came forward in an authentic manner and realized the need for salvation, for grace, for mercy, for all of these things. And you have engaged in that relationship with God. Okay. That's, that is that, that God, God rejoices at the redeemed heart desiring him. There's your second piece. Mm. Desiring him. The focus is on him. The long-term answer for this 
is get into scripture. Find out what the scriptures say about authentic relationship. You're not going to find a whole lot about guitars or drums or bass guitar or this or that and certain decibel levels. You're not going to hear all of that. What you are going to hear is stuff like redemption, stuff like grace, stuff like that that posture of reverence towards God. You're going to hear the necessity for the focus to be on God mm. and praising him rather than what it is that you feel. And that would be my, my, my handful of questions that I would ask. How does it make you feel? What's your reason for doing it? What's your reason for singing? Is it about you and how well you can sing? Or is it about you and if you sing this, then God will bless you? Or yeah. is it about raising glory to the Lord? Yeah. Well, Joe, I'm still this person that I told you in this scenario, mm -hmm. so I'm play acting here. But you know what? I I found a a lot of the hymns have good theology points on there. How can I get more hymns? Well, it's it's interesting that you bring that up because with with hymns, it's you know, that's why I brought up what I brought up about I used to find them so boring. I used to find them so dry and all of those kinds of things. Well, you turn around and at at almost 33, I I really appreciate hymns a lot more. For a, a lot of times I appreciate a hymn over appreciate a contemporary Christian song. There are a couple of modern artists that, that really just stick within the wheelhouse of hymns. I would be very careful about not going to adapted hymns as much. There are some that are decent that are out there, but if it's somebody that was taking the bones of a hymn and adding their own flavor text to it, then you could end up right back in the in the position of of contemporary Christian music. But finding these hymns, you 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 search, you find, you look, you you know what I mean. The, a, a lot of times, very specific types of churches will listen, will, will will have hymns that they will that that's what they sing and all of that kind of stuff. But finding more, finding that style. You will you once you find that style of worship that you like, it's a lot easier to find the artists that are performing specifically within that wheelhouse. That's that's good advice. I have two questions for you. First of all, I applaud this person who knew theology so early in his salvation. Um, but here, you use the term flavor text, and you used it in a prior episode. For those of us who, who includes me. Who are not familiar with that terminology? A, where does it come from? And B, what does it mean? Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna divide the room here for a minute. I'm about to take the air right out of the room. It's from a trading card game called Magic the Gathering. If you know what I just said, then you know what I just said. And that means that no, I do not think it's a sin to play Magic the Gathering. And no, I'm not gonna elect to go down that rabbit hole right now. That is a different conversation for a different time. Um Flavor text is the add-on, is the um, the seasoning to the t to the statement. You know, you can have your own spin, your own take, your own influence into the conversation or onto the topic by adding flavor text you know, onto I have, it. I have to tell you the truth. I thought it was a marketing term. It sounds exactly like a marketing term in my ears. So, you know, with advertisement, flavor text, you know? Right. Yeah, I no, that's the, but, but it's, it's the, the, the marketing version of saying it is spin. It's your own spin on, on the topic and all of that kind of stuff. Um, if you are adding your own personal touch to worship, short of applying your skills to praise God, um, again, red flag, you know what I mean? And that, that more goes to the musicians of it. Yeah. This I funny, want, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. I was just going to give an anecdote. I had, I was doing a speaking piece cause I can do speaking, believe it or not. Um, and the guy who was going to come after me, the worship leader with a musical thing, he's, he's, he was going to come with a particular thing and he said, trust me, I, I got this. I go, how about I trust God? 
<laughs> and then he he corrected the theology there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. That's it's hard, right? Because when you're up there, so much of music, especially if you've come at it from a from a secular point of view, is about how well you do, about how how well you perform, and all of those kinds of things. Um, but that's that you we've missed the point we've missed the boat we've we've that's that's not you know what i mean that that's what makes that's one of the many aspects of this that you know you're on the right the right track if you've hit something that's counterintuitive that's that the world says do this way the world says it has to look like this the world says that it's about you if what you're doing subverts that and turns the turns the dial in the other direction, then you know that you've likely hit onto something that is really um, that 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 is really important because that so, th that means that you are going against the self and you're going against making you the star and all of that kind of stuff. Okay, I have another question for you. Can I? Do you mind? Because I find this very interesting. So turns out I have more to do than I thought. <laughs> so I can't, you know, if I went there after, at the end of the worship service, I said, boy, that band was really good. Or that single was phenomenal. Oh, my goodness, what a voice. Then I missed the point of the worship. But if I come out and I say, wow, I really felt the presence of the Lord during worship. Now that's a response that's on an emotional layer. Would that be wrong or would that be the appropriate emotion at that time? You know, and speak to emotional responses. And this is exactly why we don't paint with broad strokes because that's a very good point. It's a wonderful point because that's nuanced, right? It, it sounds like if you take what I said before in sound bites, then it sounds like I am railing on anything that makes you feel a thing. But when it comes to when it comes to worship, you can have an emotional response. But what is you the, the, the best question to ask is if you didn't feel that, if that never came, would you still want to be there? Is it still about God? What is your point past that? Past that that warm and fuzzy feeling that you get? Because I've got the warm and fuzzy feeling. I love I love the warm and fuzzy feeling. We all love the warm and fuzzy feeling when it comes to the you know, just feeling like we're like we're in the presence of the Lord, but the reality is is that whether or not we like it, we're we're in the presence of the Lord, and I mean that in in a lot of different ways. That that dealing with the fact that we are indwelt means that we need to deal with the fact that our actions, whether or not we're doing what we need to be doing or not. We are not alone in it. So feeling it and it being true do not have to be simultaneous, nor are they necessarily mutually exclusive. And I threw a lot of words out there. So if, so if, 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 that's, if, you're, if you're tracking, you're tracking. But if you're not tracking, let me circle back and let me, make it, let me, let me hit a, very, a couple of very key points that you need to pull out in order to truly understand what I just said. If you are feeling a thing that is not wrong, inherently it's not wrong. If your focus is getting from point A to point B to feel the thing, you're starting to you're starting to flirt with the wrong with the wrong neighborhood. You're starting to take the the, the wrong turn because it's more about you and what you get out of it than it is about bringing glory to God. Because the reality is that out of out of our relationship with God should be born a couple of different things. A, an honest desire to bring glory to God because we have been saved. Because God deserves the glory. Because we are sinners in need of grace and we have been given grace. That is that that desire to praise God. Not that it's required that that you know in some in some weird um, you know uh, tit for tat sort of thing. It's more it's more again because of a byproduct of that relationship, that loving relationship, and it should fo it should foster 
a desire to grow in your knowledge of God, in your relationship with God, and, and actively grow that. It's not just words. It's not just, I'm checking the box and saying, saying, praise, praise God, praise God. It's, it's, it's stimulating growth in that relationship with God. And you don't need a feeling in order to, for that to happen. You can have a feeling, but you don't need a feeling. And that's the bridge. That's, that's where you start to cross from one, from one side of town to the other side of town is when you start to need to feel a thing, then I'm going to be honest with you guys that you being addicted to a feeling, take it from an addict you you it doesn't matter if it's sugar it doesn't matter if it's cocaine it doesn't matter if it's uh alcohol it doesn't matter if it's heroin i don't care what it is you're addicted to a feeling you could be addicted to a nostalgic feeling but but humans get addicted to feelings all yeah. the time yeah i think it has to do with that uh, is it serotonin endorphins yeah. endorphin endorphins. release boy i could have flunked my science right now so, Joe, I have another question, and I hope this is okay, but mm -hmm. give me your take. There's, there's verses that talk about there's going to be worship in heaven, and there's worship on earth. When you think of that, do you think of any correlation between the two, or does do any thoughts connect for you between the two? Uh, yes, yes, but again, a million asterisks. Um Yes, they have that there is this, I think, purposeful imagery of, uh, you know, and maybe this is my 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 2022 showing maybe I'm maybe I'm being very guilty of adding flavor text to this. And if I am, then Lord, forgive me. And you guys watching, please forgive me. I am human and I am going to get this thing wrong. Um, but there is this this connotation of this musical side of worship or like the worship looking in that kind of way as it does in on earthly standards like as far as what we what we think of right when you when we said how to worship a thought process came to everybody's head i can guarantee it what it might, the 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 different the different um accents of it might look different but most people thought of music or most people had a had a had a had a mental image in their mind of what that act of worship looks like. Here's the ticket, though. What happens when we expand what our actual definition of worship is? Then naturally, that same kind of imagery also starts to expand. It becomes not just about the music, not just about there being a band of angels playing your favorite worship music. I do think that there will be a component of worship that is musical in nature. I think there's plenty of examples in the Bible to back me up on that one. Um, however, at the end of the day, that's not the only way to do it. At the end of the day, that's not the only aspect of worship that counts. And so I think that this illustration is there for a reason like most of the illustrations that you could that you could think of and all of them that are in the bible catch that because most of us that fit that you think about it you think about a certain number of things but those aren't are the, all of the things in the bible we have these illustrations in the bible for a reason and i think that this illustration that you're talking about is biblical but i also think that it needs to be expanded just like our idea of what worship is yeah, I, I think um, not only apart from humans, but the four living creatures around the throne going, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. You know, they're saying it, they're not singing it, but this is what they're saying all the time. And that's a beautiful thing that's going on. And actually, I'm getting a little bit of chills <laughs> speaking about it. So, but, you know, we... I don't think we have anything that correlates to that in our standard worships um, of just reciting the Lord's beauty like that. Have you ever had any opportunity to do something similar that wasn't so music focused, but was still a act of worship? 
to to the to the point of just repeating like in in that form of additional worship no actions that exclaim worship or statements that exclaim worship that aren't music yes you know mm. what i'm saying yeah it is it are you able to give an example of that or yeah yeah um so when some some something as simple as um anything from like like a breath prayer something like that like if you it, you know it's it's some people might call it a mantra but it's this idea that you breathe in and you breathe out and it's a prayer that you do it's a simple mm -hmm. prayer it's not super long-winded or elegant or anything like that mm -hmm. it's you know one to three words something along those lines nothing like you know what i mean that's yeah. probably yeah. you know something along those lines would probably be one of the first things that comes to my mind but even actions we get into actions where i do this out of out of worship to the lord um even if it's not even if it's not music i right now i like like multiple parts of the united states um am living in an area that is getting uh a little bit of a waffling of um ice and snow um yeah. we, we are in the midst of of that um i there is a there is a young lady that lives by me that 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 lives in the same uh, apartment building with um a very young child and so um i i i do i did some things as far as as far as snow removal do i enjoy snow removal no i would i would love to pay somebody to come and do it yeah. we live in an area that's an ice globe that that is that is booked up a year in advance easily for most of the major companies yeah. so i'm out there and i'm doing it yeah. it's just an example and, and even that i feel a little uncomfortable saying because please 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 do not take that as me sitting here trying to i don't want to pat on the back i don't want you to say that's what the world needs the that that might be true but that's true because the bible said it not because i did something right right so so that's that's not the point of even going into that but it is the point to say you know i i, I know i know that my wife doesn't necessarily like doing the dishes so i do the dishes it doesn't bother me and i yeah. have a tendency to spend time time with god doing it do i always know sometimes i'm listening to a podcast sometimes i'm listening to music whatever but again we go back to this whole idea that when we talk about worship man we got to get out of the three songs in a service mindset yeah. we just yeah. do that has to we have to shed that away in order to be able to hit this point of man there's so much that can happen and there's so much dynamic nature to all of this that makes it so beautiful i will say this i i actually like doing dishes because that was how it's brought up i get to play in my head but a lot of times i will sing sing to the lord and everyone in the house knows don't bother me during this time <laughs> this is my time um and it's really good um i've actually told my wife when she paints like sometimes she's frustrated because she's got like this energy to paint or whatever you call it she's got to do it but she can't an artist block i guess it would be for her a painter's block and i just say see if you can just worship the lord with the strokes you know and everything and see what comes out you know um but i agree with you worship is many different forms and it's all geared towards having god as a center right so it's seeking god exactly exactly and so if if again we we've said before that as you follow through this story as you follow through these basics as you follow through the how-tos right i know it's so tempting to want the to, to want the the reader's digest just give me a list just let me do the list how do i worship you worship by focusing on god you worship by coming with a redeemed heart yeah in honest praise mm. whatever that looks like that doesn't have to be singing but whatever that looks like yes and again all of this is born out of relationship having a relationship with god that 
is dynamic, that is personal, and allows room for dynamic and personal things to be done and dynamic personal things to be had. Excellent. So, anything else before we before we wrap it up? No, I just want to thank everybody for joining this interview with uh, Joe as <laughs> the worship leader. I'm sorry, it did turn into a bit of an interview, but I really was curious to find these things out. I'm, and it's and it's honestly my it's honestly my pleasure to talk about these things because from from both sides of the gambit, whether it's a um, whether it's it's from the, from the worship team side of things and the necessity to like like worship worship leaders if you're listening if you are part of if you are a member of a team or if you lead the team especially if you lead the team take a second I implore you to take a second and listen to the songs that you are singing. Listen to the words of the songs and be willing to be brave enough to not sing the same popular song that every other church in America is singing just because it was done by the most famous church band in America. I said what I said. Be willing, be willing and brave enough to stand up. From the other side of the coin, saint, do not be taken in to think that your worship is contingent on what kind of instrument there is or whether or not you're good enough at it or what have you, or like you need to be a good singer in order to worship or what have you. Do not allow for all of these things to distract you away from worshiping God and, ha and connecting with him and communing with him and communing with Holy Spirit and going to that place because that is when the divine happens. And this is something that's very near and dear to my heart. So it is, this is a lot of fun. So you want to go ahead and pray us out? Sure. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the opportunity to be here in your presence, Father, and to hear these wonderful insights, Father, that we could take, examine, build upon. Father, I thank you for the opportunity that your scripture brings us clarity and light and it's our first go-to place father and if we lack understanding we can ask you father and you reveal it you parse out the information that we have you make it understood father we thank you that the comfort is so good at instructions father and everything about worship is geared towards you not us or not a created thing any other created thing it's about you. And if we miss that, we've missed the point of worship, Father. Let us worship through all facets of our lives, not just the musical, but all of it. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.